because, because I'm a hot I'm girl. A hot, I'm girl. A I do hot shit. Because I'm a hot Um, okay, so they're actually not that much bigger. They're just, um, it's like right here and right here that's bigger. And okay. then what I did, what I had them do, which was that initially what I had them uh, like Yo, start out Laura. with was, what's up? We going? Oh, yeah. Let's all hit record really quick. Yeah, I did. I did. I always get a little B-roll in there. Y'all gotcha. Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. We, we got a professional here. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes, y'all are good at cold opens. But anyway, um, so so basically, um, I went in initially to get the lip fillers because what they don't tell you about aging is that your lips are just constantly fucking dry starting in your 30s. And yeah. no matter how much fucking lip balm or Burt's Bees you put on them, they just will not get hydrated. And I, like, I keep a cracked lip in the wintertime. Oh, it's Damn. so horrible. It's horrible. And I never used to have this problem. And so I was like, what can, what can help with this? And I found out lip fillers could help. And I was like, I'll just do that. Um, you know, when in doubt, just like throw money at a problem. Right. Cause that's what rich people oh, yeah. do. Hell yeah. Um, that's the hot girl way. That is the hot girl way. Honestly, <laughs> I'm outsourcing, outsourcing all my problems this year. Uh, <laughs> the motto <laughs> Hell yeah. so yeah i got so i got some in the middle for like hydration to like fill in the lines and then she was like you have a lot of the needle left and they give you it's like in a syringe so they're like it's it's you know it's x amount of money for the syringe and you have all this left like and i was like all right fuck it. fill her up <laughs> like <laughs> fill her up on the sides a little on the bottom so, so that's kinda, yeah let me ask you a question when you go in there and you say i, I want the lip filler mm -hmm. situation I, i'm a neophyte when it comes to lip filling do, is there like different size syringes you can go with or like, is it just like you can kind of like just, or is it like going to the barber shop where it's like do a two on the side and like two gentle <laughs> on top because I'm losing a little hair and. Um, it depends on um, how full your lips are already and what you're trying to achieve, like what kind of look you're trying to achieve. Okay. So you can do like all around fullness, which is a lot of those Instagram models will have just like you know, like balloony kind of lips when they're overdone, or you can mm -hmm. emphasize your cupid's bow and that little like. Is this bow the little? Shape. Is this your cupid's That's bow? Cute. Yeah, right under your mustache. Oh, I didn't know that. I and you can emphasize that with fillers, and then um, you can also like it's good for like lip a little bit of lip line restoration, which again your lip line shrinks when you're older. So, Damn. so actually, this is what I probably looked like when I was like around 19, maybe just a little bit fuller in the lips. So like my lips are already full, so I didn't really need more than one syringe, but they sell them by the syringe. Um, I don't think they can like recycle them once they're in the syringe. It's like they just like measure it out, but. So like, if you don't use the whole syringe, like they throw that shit out or can you take it home? <laughs> I don't know. Just a little yeah, just like a little doggy bag of Juvederm. <laughs> Stick it in the freezer. <laughs> Yeah, just stick it in the freezer. Save it for later. Uh, no, I should ask. I should ask my esthetician that next time. <laughs> but yeah, this is not my for first foray into cosmetic stuff. I also have Botox and I have like fillers in my cheeks. So. Well, my friend David Goldman owns one of those places down here, and and I've been uh, yeah. I'll go talk to him, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, not for nothing, but uh, let's uh, we can do something about that if you really wanted to. Well, hell no, baby. I, I got a little patina. I've earned this. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Looks I'll good. probably Looks change good. my tune in about five years when I have like a 40, turn 40 crisis. So. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think like, I, I honestly don't know if I would have gotten this done if I wasn't a sex worker. Like I, mm. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with myself uh, generally, but it's like, you know, it helps to not have frowny lines when you're on stage and like it helps to you know have big juicy lips yeah. and whatever um so i i like the way i look but i also like the way i look now so <laughs> big juicy lips and just be sexy as fuck you know yeah, it's what it's no big deal you know. or anything yeah well you know the the prettier the prettier i look at work the less hard i have to work so that's true that's <laughs> true yeah Oh yeah. It kind of works that way. Economics, folks. Yeah, that's that's just that's, just, that's bimbo economics. Uh, bimbo economics. Hell yeah. So Tom Sexton, what the fuck is that, man? Thanks for thanks for letting me finally be on the agenda. Hell yeah. You I got feel jealous very honored to be here, I gotta tell you. You're one of the yeah. few like mask people we've had on, like ever. Yeah, that's right. Like what? Yeah. Like, like masculine like, people. Like men or masculine like, people. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't. I'm I'm kind of deaf. <laughs> so. Oh, it's okay. I'll speak. I'll try to speak up. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. But yeah, but, but yeah. But welcome to the hot girl agenda. This is where we um talk about fillers, which naturally you're very into. Um and uh, <laughs> we sometimes talk about politics. And other stuff <laughs> if you get around to it. When we get around to it, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. cool. This is really cool. Also, I always like when I get invited to come on podcast because it gives me a chance to like survey whatever platform everybody uses to record on. So I'm going to like make oh. a little note of StreamYard. Mm. It's, it's pretty it sweet. It's yeah. pretty sweet. We're, we're recording like a backup in case like of catastrophic audio failure too, which is nice. So it's a good perk. Anybody listening out there. Oh yeah. Try out StreamYard. Okay, so uh Tom, everyone listening to this probably already knows you from the Trillbillies and we just had Tanya on last week and that was like such a delight. So we're just like going through all the Trillbillies cast really. Like oh, yeah. and the stakes are high cuz it was really good. So uh, I'm not even I'm not even hoping so Don't fuck it up or anything. <laughs> nah, I'm just I'm just going to be me, you know. Hell yeah. Okay, so we're going to get to know you a little bit and okay. we'd like to do kind of like college writing course icebreakers on this show. And this is how we, we get to know you. Okay. Okay. So the first, we're going to ask like three questions. So the first question, what's the most hot girl shit you've done in the past week? Most hot girl shit I've done in the last week was, uh, I've not done a ton of hot girl shit in the past week. I would say. Like what's that. something you did like unapologetically? Okay. Yeah, or like you know. No, I, I've got, like I've, got this one. I've got this one. Actually, I've got this one. I've got this one. I just had to think about it for a second. I got this one. I got a petty. You got a petty? I got a petty. Hell yeah! Hell I, yeah! Here's what I do. That's um sometimes like you know when it, like get odd hours of the day when there's nothing going on at work, I'll just slide into like the little strip mall spot and just like you know get touched up a little bit, get my dogs lined out. Hell yeah. So do you go <laughs> with a natural like nail like toenail polish color or do you get your toes polished or uh, no they ask me every time and then like they kind of chuckle because they assume I'm gonna say like no polish, but one day I'm gonna fuck them up and just be like, no, let's go, let's try something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's go like baby pink, you know? Yeah, or like a just... nice royal blue. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Robin's egg for the for mm. the summer, whatever. I like that. That is real hot girl shit though. Like getting your petty done at the strip mall. Um, so, okay. The second question, if you could only wait, actually, wait, we didn't do this last time. Okay. Um, Yessie, what, what hot girl shit did you do this past week? Hot girl shit that I did. 
Oh, we're round tabling it. Fuck, yeah, I'm we're round tabling it. Fuck it. Everything I do is hot girl shit, but um, <laughs> so I've been so I've been moving like, and and this is this is less like hot girl shit and more like thugging it out. Like, I've been moving and I can't find anything right now because it's like I'm in this massive place. Our place is a lot bigger, um, and it's just like I can't find anything. So I've just been like, like MacGyvering whatever I need. It's like oh. I need a towel so I can take a fucking shower, but I can't find the towel. So, uh, you know, like 14 uh, fucking paper towels it is. Like, just like so extremely like thugging it out right now just to like get by. Um, I think that's hot girl shit. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, you know. Can, can I, ask, find those can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? What's up? Yeah. Have y'all, have y'all, I mean, you know, this isn't, wouldn't file this under hot girl shit, but have you ever been in like a, public you know potty situation that you're like oh there's no toilet paper and you have to kind of improvise <sighs> yeah Hopefully the hot yeah. girl agenda has been vulnerable so wow yeah. okay this is actually something that um tom get out yeah <laughs> your ears. um no this is actually something okay this doesn't happen to me anymore you know why because the real hot girl shit is being prepared for life that's true mm. Um, I keep little wipes in my purse at all times, along with a tied to go pen, my knife, Mm. my pepper spray, you know, my, my weed pen, like all the essentials. You're straight. Yeah, I'm straight. I could survive uh, a granola bar, you know? So if I'm, that's just how I fucking roll, but this has happened to me before. (laughs) And if there's nobody else in the restroom, you just kind of like waddle it to the next stall or like waddle it to the sink where you can get some like paper towels, like. Yeah, that's the that's like the solution. What? Why is this a situation that's come up with you a lot? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm always I'm always hot girl prepared too. It's never. Hell yeah. Do you have like a fanny pack or do you have like a, a backpack? Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, no, keep it you in know, the pocket. Cargo shorts. A lot of time, I'm just using like if I, especially if I'm wearing a suit jacket or something, it's kind of like my purse, you know, because there's like a million pockets mm. on it or something. Hell yeah. So I just got like you know. Got it everywhere, but I forget that men's clothing is just so much more utilitarian yeah. uh, and practical than than women's clothing. You got those nice deep pockets. You got those nice deep like blazer pockets. I, I never mm-hmm. knew for the longest time why women went nuts when they like bought a cute dress and it had pockets, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's got pockets!" And like I was like, "Why are you so fucking crazy about pockets?" It as you get older, you, you realize that utility is sort of it's know, pretty paramount. great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, so now that I'm a parent, like I'm never unprepared. Cause you always gotta like schlep a bunch of shit with you, you know, for, for the little one. But like, I think the last time I was caught in that situation, I, I'm pretty sure I was at a festival and I was candy flipping. And so it was just like, <laughs> well, the pacifier is right like, there. Perfect. Like, <laughs> like, no, well, it's just like, I am like so high that like, Fuck it, putting my romper back on, like it does not matter. <laughs> like it, you can, like it does not fucking matter. Like I can barely get this thing over my shoulders. Like I'm, I'm so fucked up. Like I just, I just can't. So I just like, I feel Listen, like, yeah. Like if you don't smell like some kind of bodily fluid by the end of a festival, you're probably doing it. Yeah, wrong. you really weren't doing oh it right. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 the work. How do y'all feel about music festivals at that? Our around, I assume we're all kind of around the same age. Yeah, yeah, like thirties. Yeah, like some like something that's like you did in your twenties that was like a breeze, not necessarily a breeze, but like you could manage it in your thirties. Like I ain't really here for that shit. 
I've never been to a festival. Like um, the only festival I've been to was the ones I was like performing in for comedy. Yeah. And mm. and or like the ones that were I used to live in Gainesville, Florida, so we had fest. No, oh, hell yeah. So fest? I would oh, I would fuck. I would be like a townie during fest, which is great by the way, because you can get in everywhere. Uh because you yeah. know everyone that works the festival. <laughs> so it's like yeah, oh, I've had a bunch of friends me. play that 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 they really love it. It's so much fun. I did I comedy go for like three so years. Bad. Yeah, so Gain, we should go Gain this year. Cool. Yeah. Well, no, I tried to find tickets. I tried to find tickets and I could not find them fucking anywhere. Um so if anyone anyone listening has the hookup on fest tickets, please like get at us because I would like to go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Stands, do your thing. Yeah. Get us tickets. Um, what about you, Tom? Like, what's the last um festival you went to? Uh God. You know, Terrence and I went to Bonnaroo a couple of years ago. Is what the last time Kanye was there. A friend of ours, Laura, okay. like organizes the talent for all this stuff and so she would just like hit us and be like yeah i'm just hanging out with kim kardashian today like no big deal <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, shit. but we went and it was like it was one of those things where it was like mad max by day three and i'm like i just want to take a fucking shower and like <laughs> i smell like a fucking cat's ass and you know what i mean and that's what i resolved to myself that like my perhaps my best festy days were were behind me at that point <laughs> yeah whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um co- coincidentally, that was the last time I found myself in the aforementioned situation. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like if I went to a festival with because I've been invited before and I like you know maybe wanted to go, but I, I mostly just hate hippies, so I haven't found a festival that doesn't include a lot of hippies. Yeah, um, just gonna, it's just part of <laughs> it's just part of the experience, I guess. Um, so I talked to like my very few hippie friends and I was like all right, one of these days I'm going to go with you. And then, you know, COVID happened and never got a chance to go. But I would be like the fest mom. I would be like, I'd have everything ready to go. I'd be like, is everyone drinking water? Okay. Like I'm, cause I'm a good trip mom. So I imagine yeah. I would be, be a good fest mom. Yeah, yeah. there is, there, there is a uh, very nurturing quality to the hot girl agenda panel here. I have to say <laughs> like, yeah, like, like I would, I don't mean this in like sort of a weird way or anything like that, but like it's already weird, babe. If I had an if I had an accident, I would feel totally confident saying, "Hey, could you help me out?" You know what I mean? Like y'all would y'all be there for me. I feel like that for sure, for sure. I like that. That that is the kind of spirit we're trying to cultivate on this show. (laughs) Is one of loving kindness and ho shit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um. Okay. So uh, we okay. This is moving on to our second question. We we veered wildly from the icebreakers, but I'm into it. I love it. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. This one's an easy one and a short one. If you could only drink one drink for the rest of your life, an alcoholic beverage for the rest of your life, what would it be? One alcoholic beverage for the rest of my life. Right. Uh, blah, 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 probably. Uh, Weller seven year bourbon with and this is like i know all uh, the real bourbon snobs would turn their nose up at this but with but just with coke i just like bourbon and coke drink it yeah. how fuck you want it you know <laughs> sounds fancy i don't know anything about bourbon i like i am the i it's best that way trust me it's yeah i've just i'm not a brown liquor person I think me I'm neither. just too. It just makes me belligerent. I can I can yeah. confidently say that after um you know drinking since I've been mean. sixteen. 
<laughs> yeah. And then I worked in an Irish pub and like a like legit Irish Irish pub. And we always drank Jameson. Um, and God, what's the other one? It's like escaping me. Um, well, we used to like drink Jameson and like another fucking Irish whiskey all the time. And it would just make me belligerently drunk and like really aggressive with all the customers. And like, you don't want your... <laughs> Like in retrospect, it probably makes way more sense for like an, a bartender at an Irish pub to be like really aggressive with you. But like mm -hmm. I did, that's not how the vibe I wanted to put out. <laughs> well, it, well, it's funny because on the other side of that nurturing thing with both of you, you also look like you don't suffer fools well. So it, 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 it <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I don't think okay, so. Well, yeah, I think we're pretty. The real question, it. the real question I want to know is like your day to day kind of drink of, of choice like non non-alcoholic the, the one you're pounding yeah. through the day what's that i'm gonna let y'all in on something okay okay there's a community of us and you have to keep the, oh, well i mean it's gonna be like everclear or something no, <laughs> no, 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 no. it's okay it's okay it's a safe space i gotta know i can trust y'all with this because it's a little under Bet. the radar right now but Not it's funny. like it's fizz and company with a little hint of the doctor it's dr pepper flavored seltzer oh whoa where is this from uh y'all have y'all have kroger in atlanta yeah we've got kroger it's a it's a kroger really i've never seen it and i'm a seltzer person uh, and actually have, well, there's a good seltzer that you don't know about yet either all right, I guarantee let me, you. let me put you up on game a little bit it's with the it's with the cokes that's it's with the coke. Oh, yeah, it's not oh because it's like Coke flavored, or well, it's not prepared for it. But there is a Coke flavored one now that I just got, and I'm, I'm that's that's it's neck and neck for which one I like best. So Dr Pepper is straight up my favorite, all time favorite soda. Like perfect, it's perfect. Fucking, I'm ready for that. I'm gonna try to find that. I wonder if we have it out here in California. I don't I'll, know. I'll, if not, I'll send. I'll, yeah, it might cost me like you know, a million dollars to send it, but I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you get some. Of this. We should do a seltzer exchange between podcast hosts. <laughs> yeah. It's like here's my favorite. Here's my pick of the month. I'm should, everybody's it on regional to seltzers. You know, like yeah. for the longest time, like you would go to a place and everybody was like, "Oh, here's our local IPA," and then it's like, "Who gives a fuck?" You know what I mean? Yeah, now we're gonna do that cool. with seltzers now. Yeah, here's our bread beer. Yeah. yeah, you want to drink your bread? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna make you feel like shit. And <laughs> I don't even like hate IPAs. I just i I don't know how people drink them all night. It's literally feels like I'm gonna die if I have like one and a half IPAs. Yeah, it's very very uh, feeling too. And you know, when yeah. I'm out there, I'm trying to you know not be bloated. Right. Not, exactly. Not cute. Not cute. It is not, not cute. Not hot girl shit. Not I'm sorry. Hot girl shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yessie, what about you? What's like your like the drink that you, if if forced to, was the only alcoholic drink you could have for the rest of your life. Oh God! So I feel like you know, a few years ago, I would have said something like something really like flexy. Like I would have said, oh, like Fernet, or like oh, Lillet with gin, or something. Like something really like. God, like Fernet sounds slogan. horrible. Oh, it's so good! It's like getting punched in the mouth by like grass. But I mean, um, like all like, <laughs> at, like the only thing you could drink is Fernet. You would be yo like, Fernet pickled. and Coke on over ice. That's really? Yeah, actually, Fernet and Coke is really good. Yes, it tastes kind of like um, kind of like sweet toothpaste. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. I guess it can make some sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's very um, medicinal, which is if you're not into it is horrible. But if you are into it, is, it's like oh, it's nice. That's what I was what thinking. It's like those kind of like liqueurs are. Yeah. yeah. Was it is it considered like an aperitif or whatever the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. A digestive? 
Oh, digestive. You got it. Beep. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like, like good, very... for, good for you after a meal. Mm-hmm. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. bullshit though. It's not really. Um, yeah. But like nowadays I've been drinking a lot of like of natural wines. So I've, I've, I feel like that's what happens when you like go to pasture and you're, you're old. Uh, you just get into natural wine. So like a good orange wine, I think would be like kind of my shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I have been what on, on a wine kick for a while. Um, so I, it, this is, was not like a taste of mine until I become a, became a stripper, but mm-hmm. um, I really like uh, Rosé Brute. So it's just like, mm. it's like a pink champagne and it's delicious and it's just, it's effervescent. It's like, it's very refreshing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really easy to drink a lot of and have fun with and champagne always mm-hmm. makes me bubbly and happy. So yeah, that's what I would choose. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. If, I, I guess if you have to have one thing in your refrigerator constantly, champagne is probably the best pick because you're ready to like celebrate or, or seduce at a moment's notice you know you're getting the one i like we're gonna use that pull quote celebrating or seducing with tom sexton oh, very very <laughs> good okay so our last icebreaker question um is what's the most dudes rock film of all time <sighs> the most dudes rock film of all time uh okay i have a new answer on this as of like during the pandemic we we agreed on this there's a movie called white buffalo starring charles bronson from the 70s and basically it's one of those weird stories where it's like these like western like white dudes like shoot all these like native guys and then in the end they reconcile or whatever and it's <laughs> like oh, oh jesus like, oh my god <laughs> But it's it's very dudes rock because uh, I don't know. I, I I've never watched like I've never really watched um, like seventies action cinema is definitely like a blind spot for me. So mm-hmm. I definitely have to like watch that one. Yeah. Um, Yesy, what I, about you? What do you think the most dudes rock film is? The most dudes rock film. Oh Jesus. Okay, I, just because it's constantly top of mind for me, I gotta say Heat. absolute most dudes rock okay and here's why it's the most dudes rock film there's two reasons for me number one is the the shootout scene okay like all of the gunplay in heat was actually like they they hired a consultant like a firearms consultant so it's all like actually fucking real like that bounding that bounding scene where they're like doing the tag team like set fire go you know, that, that's like real ass shit. Like that, oh, shit. so that is like, there's that. And then the second reason is because Alan fucking Iverson, the fucking answer, one of the greatest basketball players of all fucking time, in my humble opinion, um, he says he is his absolute favorite movie. So much so that when he was asked, what are your top five favorite movies? He said, I'm going to qualify that because he is so upper echelon. I'm just going to tell you my top five favorite movies that aren't heat. So like that shit is like it's just like high level. So most dudes rock in the best way. Heat. All right. I can get on board with that. Definitely. Um, I don't know. My pick is kind of torn. Um because there's like two categories of dudes rock, I feel like. Mm. Like dudes ironically rocking or and dudes like actually rocking. 
So the dudes ironically rocking would be like the big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. Also because everyone loves that movie. Even women love that movie. Like it's just like universally like loved. Um, but it's, it is like showing a lot of dudes rock in an ironic sense, but the unironic sense would be diehard. Um, because that's just mm -hmm. out and out, like one of the best action movies of all time. Um, that and one of the Christmas best action movie? dudes of all time. One of the best Christmas movies of all time. Uh, <laughs> it's really hitting a lot of categories there. And it's like peak Bruce Willis. Like what makes a dad's rock also is that he's starting to bald and they, they don't even mm. like try to hide it. Yeah. And I think that's very empowering to a lot of dudes. And I really appreciate that, um, that they were just like, yeah, we're our action hero. Well, he's balding. So fuck you. And everyone in America was like, yeah, <laughs> this rocks because he, he rocks. So yeah, that would be my, Hell yeah, that's a good one. Solid. We, Solid we, we, we echoed heat on the podcast today. Yes. <laughs> it was very timely. <laughs> really? You know the line where Al Pacino's question there, and he's like, "She's got a great ass." You know that. <laughs> so good. There's so many like good one-liners in that fucking movie. That is very weird. <laughs> All right. Well, so speaking of speaking of Heat and Allen Iverson and basketball, so <laughs> so I just moved. I met. I mentioned that I just moved. I moved to a city with two fucking basketball teams. And now I'm trying to get back into basketball. So I wanted to, Tom Sexton, you are one of the um, the most knowledgeable sports fans uh, that I that I know. Um, so so how's it looking this season? I want to know like what should I be following? And then I have like my own personal questions that I'm like, like, are the Sixers back? Are they back? The Sixers seem back. Going. The Sixers seem back. Well, I, I gotta say this: Are you thinking about going Lakers Nation? You can't go Clippers Nation. Fuck man. Just, just, are you thinking about going Clippers Nation? Well, 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 because hear hear me out. Hear me out. The tickets are just so much cheaper. Yeah, no, they play they play in literally the same place too. Yeah, it's just funny. So. I mean, you kind of you kind of have to be de facto Lakers. Like you just kind of have to. Especially if you're a transplant. Like if you if you go Clippers and you're a transplant, everyone's gonna be like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like what who are you trying to prove? Like what are you trying to prove here? Like who who are the Clippers fans on? Because the Clippers came from San Diego originally. I think they moved like in the seventies mm. or something like that, or the eighties maybe. We, but, uh, San Diego stays losing their sports teams to LA. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. It's so fucking funny. But also you're from the Bay Area though, so like you you're but, you're out you're out on the Warriors. I just, I just feel like I've lived far away from the Bay enough that like, like I can't really, I can't really claim that as my team anymore. Like, I feel like, I feel like, especially if I move to LA, like I, I gotta be like, okay, you're going, you're like, going full like LA person. LA, don't <sighs> like LA person in quotes. Don't do that. No, I'm no, not, no, like, no, no it's not, not a diss. I just an observation. So you gonna start like wearing a Mary Jane juice every like morning? Fourteen dollar moon juice. I, yeah, you're just gonna be like, like all you're gonna wear is like a Mary and Chrome hearts from now on. Paul, oh Paul, Angels. Stop. <laughs> all right, back, back to fucking basketball. What's what's how's it look? Uh, well, Lakers are on the ropes this year. So, oh shit. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if it's. Actually, if you're going to go Lakers Nation, probably be the right time because you're not going to look like a like a dick rider. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I definitely don't want that. 
<laughs> anything but that. <laughs> so uh, that's that's my little piece of advice. I think you gotta go Lakers. I think you I have to. Go it's, just, it's just it's just you know it's just. But everyone hates the Lakers. Like yeah, I I don't know. Like, are you are y'all not like liking the Yankees, right? Like yeah, yeah. I guess it kind of is, but also. It's like for me, I don't know, just being from Kentucky, which is funny because like University of Kentucky produces like more pros than any other college. Really? But, like, I, oh yeah, yeah, by a mile. But like I don't like have any sort of like pro allegiances, so I just kind of follow players. And so I kind of got mm. into the Knicks this year because they have the most Kentucky players on the roster, and then they just kind of oh, they kind of let me down. So I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I guess it's just like I don't know. I don't know, like what I gotta know, like a little more what you're looking for, and like like your fan criteria. Well, I don't, I don't. Besides, like Like, an affordable ticket. Yeah, right. No, I. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is like the last time I was like super into basketball is it was Sixers were my team, and and then they had that strategy where they were gonna throw it throw it throw the season so that they could get the like top pick and yeah, that they was, die, and they yeah. said that they weren't doing that and then they were doing it and they did it for like a fucking decade or something <laughs> that right. shit was brutal but right. where are they at now all right well i mean they're 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 buzzing now so hey, i think it paid off don't... so did i correct me if i'm wrong but do, do i remember a picture of a young yezzy wearing like a sixers like jersey dress maybe oh or my something God. like that that's so cute i thought yeah. i saw that somewhere along the line I, yeah i remember when that was like like during like uh, when throwbacks were big in the early 2000s like that was kind mm-hmm. of the move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a move i did i looked cute though that was a cute look it's very I, um, i'm with it wait yeah, so you, very... oh, you y'all know each other from like way back yes no well we got uh, a couple years yeah. what okay like four, four years or so Four, four or five. No, longer yeah. than that. Like five or six now. Yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, Shit. that's true. Okay, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we've been at it a minute, yeah. <laughs> the world is such a small place, truly. Yeah. Like, I just met Yessie yeah. online, so that was cool. <laughs> See, that's, that's how we met, too. Shout out to oh, Drew. Hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who introduced Brother us. Brother Drew, another, then... another Angelina. Yeah, another, like, the, like, every time I have to talk about something L.A. related, I just quote Drew because, like, he is, like, the literal expert. He unofficial knows, historian. But also just the unofficial historian of everything. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, yeah, totally the guy yeah. that you could just go totally. to with anything, and he knows a little something about it. He's, Yo, like, when I was the like, guy. Like, I, hang on, I got a guy for this. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, like, totally. the guy. He's, like, he knows about all kinds of shit. But, but when I was, you know, trying to find a place to move here, I just hit him up, and I was, like, yo, like, where should I look? And then I didn't listen to him at all. Whatever. <laughs> but, but it was good. He had, like, fucking, like, stacks of information. And I There's was no sense like, in okay. having a guy if you're not going to listen to the guy. <laughs> yeah, but it's me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think here's my thing about sports, too, is, like, like just like from like a discursive perspective, like, so I love sports. I think that they're, they're fucking great. And I think that like from a discursive perspective as a, as a leftist, you know, like as a, an anarcho communist, like that shit is so useful. That shit is so immensely useful for talking about, you know, building solidarity and building, you know, community and, and, and like using the mythos of sports to advance like an agenda of like, of winning yeah you know yeah totally totally and i think they're just important in general i mean i mean obviously there's like a whole sort of 
reinforcement of some ugly politics that goes along with like the ownership aspect and all that kind of stuff. But also, you know, I remember being in a class in college one time and there was this cool guy that was like, oh, sports are so dub and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And I remember the teacher who was a real dude's rock guy says, there's people alive in Sierra Leone because of soccer, only because of soccer, because of ceasefires during civil wars and so forth. It's like, don't act like that shit does not matter. <laughs> you know? That shit fucking matters. And yeah. like thinking about like like, you know, soccer and 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 Chile during Pinochet and how mm-hmm. like, you know, the Soviet teams were like, we're not gonna fucking play. Like because like they're mm-hmm. you know, committing these atrocities and um and FIFA was a total bitch about it. Like the the like the organization was like, Oh no, it's fine. But like you know, having the organizational structure to stand against oppression, like sports is such a good avatar for that. Like long way to the way of saying I'm getting back into basketball. Long way of way of saying <laughs> Lakers nation, baby. <laughs> um, and I'm, I, I've been very quiet because I am I'm not a sports person. I, I, I pay about as much attention to basketball as like, as I can, because I think that's probably the most, easy to understand sport for me but did you did you grow up in Gainesville Rar? no I grew I was born and raised on Guam so okay. um and neither of my parents are like really into um like basketball or football or like watching like they weren't like sports fans or anything uh my mom was like a cross-country athlete but neither of my parents are sports fans and we didn't have a national we don't have a national team on Guam because it's really small and we're really poor so um so I didn't really like have that sports culture growing up. I wasn't, I was an athlete too, but I like really wasn't into like national sports at all. Um, yeah. I was curious. Cause I didn't know if Guam was like Puerto Rico in the sense that like, like Puerto Rico does have like a national, like national teams and all that kind of stuff, even though it's yeah. like, you know. I mean, I, I, I don't even know if we have like a national football team. Like I don't, I know we have a national rugby team. What's your, um, what's yeah. your best sport? My best sport. I'm actually really good at soccer. I was oh, you like, can get in on the yeah. ground floor then. Yeah, I was like a wing when I was in soccer all throughout like middle school and some of high school, and I was just a runner. I just was run, 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 run. I was pretty good at co- cross country too. Um, yeah, but like I, I, I was always kind of like a runner. So, and yeah. I love just kicking the shit out of a fucking soccer ball. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't played Hell soccer yeah. in like years because you know, again, um, adults sports that are not like recreational sports are you know uh if it's not like bent towards making money uh towards accruing capital it's not really you know it's not really encouraged in our society and at least like uh, the mainland i think yeah totally definitely what about you padilla <laughs> um so i am best my sport. whole yeah, my whole five two fucking okay. I could answer this. I could be answer this like an asshole, or I could answer this like fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna do both. So okay. my asshole answer is that I'm a fucking dancer. Like, so I'm a trained ballet, modern jazz, hip hop dancer. Why is that? Why say, is that an asshole answer? Wow. Because no one because no one takes dancing seriously as a fucking sport. Um, you know. Um, but. It is the second most, uh, it's the second most um, sport with the most like related injuries, second to football. So, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, like that shit's fucking hard. Like, yeah, also, so, look at a ballerina's fucking feet. Ugh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 My feet yeah. used to look like shit. Now they're cute. 
full agreement here because as a as a stripper and pole dancing and stuff i had to um stop wearing my favorite pair of shoes because my toe kept getting crushed in them and oh, um, wow. my toe is almost completely dead on my right foot my big toe oh, shit. Shit. yeah like like my, the, the toenail is like barely alive <laughs> hanging on hanging on <laughs> so for dear bad. life it's so bad and it's because i was like doing a lot of pool work that day and just i just like fucked up my toes um and so i like yeah every couple of weeks i'll have like these really horrible blood blisters uh, my knees yeah. always look like someone just took a baseball bat to them um yeah, yeah i've had like really yeah, weird like no screens what's that yeah that shit's no joke it's like, no it's so, joke it is so a, it is it is a fucking sport uh <laughs> It takes a lot of athleticism, yeah, but totally. But as far as, like, ball sports, so my dad was a basketball player. Like, my sister, older sister, was a basketball player. My 5'2 ass decided to become a ball player. Uh, and I, I, I played all the different positions. I'm fucking 5'2 with, like, little tiny legs. Like, it really did not make sense. But, like, I played all the way until high school, um, and I fucking love it. Uh, just... At this point, I don't think I'll ever play again, like even recreationally. Um, but watching watching professional ballers do their thing, like and just hearing that squeak on the fucking on very the fucking ASMR, court. even if you don't really like pay attention <laughs> oh, to anything else. It's yeah. just fucking silence except for squeak, 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 squeak. You're just like, yes, God, yes, <laughs> God. I love yeah. it. I love it. So good. Yeah. Basketball is definitely like the most interesting sport to watch though, in my opinion, like as much as I love soccer, like it can be a real drag as someone with like ADHD. Um, mm. I'm, I'm just like, I'm bored. Like I'm going to look away for a little while, but basketball, it's like, it's, I feel like one of those few sports that you could be down and Chuck Klosterman had like a really good article, like um, essay about this in one of his books. He's like a sports writer for Rolling yeah. Stone. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's like in basketball you can be down like 15 points and with like two minutes on the clock and there's like a chance right in something like soccer if you're down like if you're down like three points in soccer like you're with two it's minutes over. on the clock it's over there's no like over. hail mary you <laughs> yeah. can do unless it's like something re something really fucked up happens and everybody like has a stroke on the other team like there's just no way that like it's gonna happen right um so that's what I like about basketball is it really like has that drama in it where it's like anything could fucking happen like anything yeah. could happen yeah so that's what i like about it yeah totally i, I was yeah. talking to my cousin the other day and uh you know i uh, i played tennis in college for a little bit it was my best sport but basketball is what i love and, and we were talking about when i was a kid my uncle that we affectionately refer to as blade uh <laughs> He was like this guy, and I, and I probably helped shape my politics because he was. You just know those people that you grew up around that probably shaped the way you view the world. That just had this sort of like unshakable like hatred of like injustice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was my uncle Blake. Yeah. And uh, me and my cousin didn't make the school team that year because it was like just you know like whoever like the rich kids like their parents like made sure they made the school team and whatever whatever. So my uncle Blade formed a housing project team. We grew up in the housing projects. Mm -hmm. And so like, there was this like section eight league of all these kids from all over the state that would go and play this oh. tournament. It was absolutely my best memory. Like we like we went like and we kind of got out of like our bracket in Eastern Kentucky. And then we went and played the black kids and Louisville got our ass. Whipped. <laughs> 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 it, was, uh, it was it was by far the best experience I've ever had. You know, just, you know, in any kind of sport. That's, thing. So that's fucking cute. Yeah.
Shout out to Uncle Blade. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Great nickname too. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. Like, I I think it's cool that um you know I I think it's cool that so many leftists are into like organized sports because that is kind of like a stereotype of like especially leftist men of like you know like oh they're all pussies who like don't they're, they're not real men they don't do this they're soy boys and so I always find it really cool when leftists like men are into sports in like a wholesome way because it shows like another way that you can enjoy this sport without it being like, you know, wholly like, um, like worshipful of capital or worshipful of like imperial aggression or some, you know what I mean? Like the underlying yeah. like things about it. And it can actually come from like a wholesome place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. It, um, you know, it's, uh, that's absolutely true. I, I think, you know, I, I, I coached college basketball. For, I didn't coach. I was on the coaching staff for a little bit at this uh, place, Moorhead State. And uh, I can remember, like, my relationship to it changing for the longest time because I, part of what I did there was, like, I helped, like, tutor some of these guys, which, like, the coaches would, like, want you to take their classes for them and all that kind of shit. And there was this dude, Khalil, I'll never forget. He graduated from the University of Oklahoma. He played football at the University of Oklahoma when they were, like, really good. And then there was, like, this rule that, like, you could, like, change sports and, like, transfer colleges and, then like, play, like, a different sport for, like, a year or whatever, like a grad transfer, which now you can do it for the same sport. And uh, I remember getting Khalil in, like, like tutoring him and stuff in some of those classes, and he couldn't read. Holy shit. Whoa. And it was amazing to me that sort of reinforcement too in college sports of like plantation politics in the old South Jesus and, and how that like, Christ. as long as you can, as long as you can like make money for me using mm -hmm. your physical gifts or whatever, I'm just going to like, you know, just let you float right. through here because I have no interest in like what happens to you after like, you're no longer good to me. Right. Or anything yeah. like that. And it's like, there's like that. Um, I didn't mean to like, take our, <laughs> our happy moment make it really dark no right? no i think that's a legitimate critique and it's something that needs to be addressed absolutely you know like yeah. um i i think both can be true right like that we can that that sports and like the the mythos around sports can be a good uh discursive tool but also the materiality of sports existing within capitalism especially for young college players who don't fucking get paid who don't fucking who can't have endorsements who can't like you know actually make profit off of their labor who are so mm -hmm. deeply exploited with this false promise of access through yep. being given a scholarship you know like they're fucking they're they're you know they're run through and then they're trash and then and then what go play in latvia like yeah, yeah. go play in latvia you know? then like yeah what are you gonna do after that you just like you come home and then like you're just like on the like, you know, uh, car dealership softball team or whatever, whatever, you know what I mean? And you could keep yeah. a job as long as you like, you know, keep doing this or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I, I went on a big rant today. Not a big rant, but like, uh, the news that Coach K from Duke is retiring after this season, which is the most self aggrandizing thing in the world. Oh, I'm going to do one more year and then I'm going to retire. So he's going to get his like victory lap. And it's like, if I don't even think about college sports, like, like, so like the whole discourse is around like college kids, like they should, we should pay the players and all that kind of stuff. Well, the, the kids all get paid. Like all these coaches are paying off these kids to come sign with their schools. The difference is, is like, like that one time payment versus like 
getting what's theirs commiserate with what the universities are getting and like, you right. know, like ticket mm-hmm. sales and merch sales and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I just hate that, like coach K who, who a friend of mine who was, who was literally her parent. She was a, she was an Eritrean refugee and she had um, left Eritrea when she was like really little, moved to Canada and then moved to North Carolina eventually and went yeah. to Duke. And she was like, you know, I was just got into the culture there and, you know, we went to the camp out for like the, the first big practice of the year tickets, which is like kind of a big thing there. Mm-hmm. And coach K's out there and like talking about, this looks like a refugee camp out here. And she's like, uh, and I was like a literal, she's like, I literally grew up oh in a refugee God. camp in Toronto. You know what I mean? Holy shit. And then like, it's the same guy that why I like, oh, like he's like the problem with Obama's policies. We need more boots on the ground in Iraq. This is a fucking college basketball coach. What the? Oh my God. He went to wait. army. So he automatically thinks he gets to weigh in. On, wait, you know? wait, he was in the army. He, he played at army, he played basketball at <laughs> army. Yeah. When he was in college. So. Oh, oh God. That makes him a high level uh, specialist on yeah. all things like <laughs> yeah. uh, foreign policy. Foreign policy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we see that a lot with professional sports, right? Where they, um, you know, they're often like sponsored and reinforced by like the State Department in some form or fashion, right? Um, there's actually this really great book that I read years ago called Against Football by Steve Almond mm-hmm. that was about like basically all the fucked up ways that like the NFL like controls everything around it and decides the fates of entire cities and mm-hmm. um, how just like the world of professional football is like insanely exploitative. I really encourage everyone to go read it because I, it, it was like maybe like 150 pages. Um, oh, sure. But I, it was, it was one of those, it helped me articulate a lot of my arguments against like, organized professional sports and it's like definitely a good read if you're a socialist and if you're if you're into like any or any sports really yeah i think we should talk about the um the ellie kemper thing just because it kind of ha- happened in the south so yeah i'm in okay. missouri right yeah yeah yeah, Louis, yeah. Missouri. yeah okay. that's kind of a south midwest cusper yeah right right <laughs> i don't know do you tom what do you think illuminate for me the non the non southerner non the, the 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 delicate coastal west coastal flower coastal elite here what what are we talking about what what is this i don't know anybody more elite than this. <laughs> uh, like y'all are the elites hang on now <laughs> I, so i don't apparently there's like a I, I meant to listen to it today because i was i was driving but apparently there's a good true and non episode about uh the uh the veiled profit thing like the specific thing that ellie mm-hmm. was a part of but mm-hmm. it's 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 part of like just sort of um, this tradition of like debutante balls all over the South that like, you know, again, usually put on by landed, you know, uh, rich white people that, you know, um, there's always this strange mythology to them too, because like kind of like with like the Ville, like, like weird, like, Occult aesthetics, but not in a good way, in a very creepy yeah. way. Not in a chill way. <laughs> not in like the chill witchy way. No, no, no. This is like a whole different thing. Like, so I don't know. Have y'all ever read uh, or are familiar with Development Arrested by uh, Clyde Woods? Mm-mm. I don't think so. No, I, I think it's it's worth picking up if you. I mean, there, it's like a lot of dense kind of theory stuff, but like there's a lot of good gems in it. But he talks about it's about the Delta Commission, which was like this federal program that sort of uh, was going to put money into like sort of the Mississippi Delta area to like, you know, redevelop it or whatever. And there's like a real political component to that where 
you know, that money typically gets in the hands of people that were like, you know, literally former slave owners and all that kind of thing. Fuck, man. But he talks in that book about their sort of vision for the Delta. Mm-hmm. And there's like this weird, like occult component where he, they like, they would like, uh, this is where like, kind of like the Ku Klux Klan comes from too, where they would like, yeah. they would put on these like ceremonial robes and there was like a mythology behind like what they yeah. were doing. Like, and the reason the Delta like is named so is because they those the planter class was trying to recreate the idea of Egypt, but in like the new world. So that's why you have Memphis, Tennessee. That's why you have wow. Cairo, like Illinois, yeah. which K, they pronounce Cairo there, but Cairo, Cairo. Illinois. Cairo. And then like uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi, it just like, created this like sort of big triangle. Uh-huh. And they would put on like these like sort of, uh, they would like adopt titles like Knight. And I, it was, it gets very, very like really creepy, but there's like this weird, like, like mythological cosplay that was going on with the planter class in, in the deep South. And I think a lot of that kind of stuff kind of like, spins out of that, which is interesting because I grew up in a context where people like church people were like scared to death of like the Masonic lodge because of that, like weird, like occult sort of aesthetics that they had going mm-hmm. on. Like, you know, Jesus. the eye and like the little mm-hmm. compass and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 But like, I guess it's like, you know, whoever, you know, has the gold makes the rules. And so like, you know, they get a pass <laughs> to be like just these weird degenerate fucking like, <laughs> Like an old prophet. Eyes wide, yeah, very eyes wide shut, but like yeah. make it racist. Yeah. I always assumed that it was <laughs> yeah. I always assumed that it was kind of like um, you know, the idea of a debutante ball in general was a holdover from like Victorian England. Like I yeah, always so. thought that it was kind mm-hmm. of like um um mimicking the you know the class dynamics of Victorian England, but it but it this particular um like group with the Veiled Prophet Society in St. Louis, they actually sprang out of the uh, Great Railroad Strike in like uh, 1877. I forgot what I wrote my note. 1877. Yeah, and so it was literally formed as a racist response to all the black <laughs> railroaders like, you know, going on strike, which they crushed. The, the federal government came in with like 3,000 like armed like federal officers and crushed that strike and like 18 people that's an important distinction to make because i think sometimes on the left a lot of people go all in on like uh like unions are good and all this kind and i don't i don't like disagree with that in principle but like even like where i'm from in the mountains it's like like harlan county usa and these different like labor struggles which my granddad was at brookside where that takes place but like Mm -hmm. you know even if he were alive today he would tell you it's like there was like a demarcation between the black mm-hmm. miners and the white miners. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like, like there were good people and good like union halls that were trying to sort of bridge that divide. But there were others that were like, y'all figure it out for yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Even yeah. to flip back to the Masonic Lodge thing of all this like mythology around that stuff. Like mm-hmm. in masonry, you had Prince Hall Masons, which were the black Masons. And then you had just the Masonic Lodge, which was, so there was like segregation, even like, huh. with, like right. weird, yeah. like let's get together and like whip our boys with paddles world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently that wasn't like degenerate enough. It's like you had to be racist and degenerate on top of that. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, yeah. This, so it, this is just like a weird thing. Like this whole thing of like um, how it came out, like the whole, uh, and if you're not as online as we are, this is about Ellie Kemper being quoted, uh, quote, and KKK princess 
um, which really just meant that she attended a, a, a weird, weird racist debutante ball when she was 19 and was crowned the queen of love and beauty. Um, and she sat by a veiled prophet um, who the, pro the prophet has only been revealed twice in the history of the society. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's even creepier in my opinion is that you don't know who the <laughs> fuck is under that hood. Right. It's some community. It's like a community leader, which is like a business guy, basically like a rich white business guy. But anyway, so she was crowned the queen of love and beauty for this, you know, masquerade, this debutante ball. And like, this is so weird because I don't even remember when I heard about this at first, but it just like, it like slid right off of, I was like, Oh, that's a weird thing about her. And it slid like right off my radar for years. And then this came yeah. up again. And I was like, oh yeah, that was weird. And I really <laughs> feel like I really feel like that's all it should have been, really, because like I'm not even remotely surprised when like Hollywood actors are related to racists, like rich racists. Yeah. Like I don't think this is as big of a deal as people are making it out. Like, I don't know. What's y'all's opinion on that? Like to get into it. So like my thing is just like like first of all. Hollywood and celebrity is a fucking cancer, right? Like, and it like get rid of the whole ass fucking thing. Like, now I live here, I can say that. No, is um, <laughs> hey, an Angelino for two days. <laughs> abolish, yeah, abolish Hollywood. Abolish Hollywood. Um, no, this shit is fucking. It, it's got deep ties and like in, in racist. It's a racist institution. Like, this shit is problematic, right? But, but I think the thing that always trips me up is when when folks get you know, their dander up online about shit like this. It's always very like hyper individualized. So it's like Ellie Kemper's a Kimmy Schmidt is a KKK uh, princess rather than saying like, no, like let's actually look at like what's happening here. What, what, what are the pieces at play and how do they connect? Like, right. we're just going to focus on the, the KKK princess. And I'm like, that's just so fucking boring and tired. And I'm just kind of like, use like two more brain cells, like use two more brain cells. Come on. It's also like, like she doesn't have any. Sorry, Tom. I hope I hope I wasn't cutting off at some point, but she doesn't have any fucking power. Like she, like maybe she is like rich and related mm -hmm. to racist, but it's like she's a fucking. Look what she chose to do with her shit. She's a fucking actor. Who gives a shit about her? Like honestly, like I'm not trying to give her a pass. Like she's definitely probably a racist still, but like, who gives? Who really fucking cares? Like this is not like this is the end point of like you know, a racist fail daughter is like, you know, being being on the worst <laughs> seasons of The Office and fading into obscurity, except when people recognize you as a KKK princess. What's she doing? She's not writing policy. Like, just, you know, it just, it just seems feels rad libby, right? It yeah, it just feels like really rad libby and like the, and it's, it's very like reeking of cancel culture. And it's like, it's like, this is just so cringe at this point to just even focus on this kind of stuff. Like, it is an interesting fact. Like, it's an interesting fucked up story. But I just don't think that um, castigating this one person is going to do anything other than make people feel self-righteous. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, are you about to drag us? No, 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 I tend to agree. It's like, not 10 years old, little, little, you know what I mean? Like, my central moral center had been formed by the time I was 19 and I could like kind mm -hmm. of, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't yeah. know everything, but like I just like I had a feel kind of for things. So yeah, like, nineteen feels a little too old to be involved in. This kind of, <laughs> not yeah. that, like you know if she would have like done it when she was like five or not that any of that's better, but like you kind of understand that a little bit more. But then the other thing too is like I feel like KKK princess is like a like a bridge too far. It's like. it's a bit hyperbolic, you yeah, know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. 
also the truth is much weirder i think than being a kkk princess like a, like this is like a society that was created by rich white people and i think that's way more interesting as a concept is that like they were connected to the kkk but it was the rich people it was like the rich kkk yeah. um mm-hmm. so there are some clear like class delineations among white supremacists you know and i think that is like interesting to explore um, and I don't think that she's like an, in a, you know, just an innocent, beautiful angel and, you know, just, oh, I was, you know, I was young, I was stupid. It's like, yeah, you're 19. You you have a probably more developed sense uh, politically and morally um, than mm-hmm. if you were like a kid. So it's like it's kind of a shitty excuse, um, especially for white women, because, you know, that's how a lot of white women avoid accountability and shit by being like, I'm a precious, sweet angel. Like, I can't do anything wrong. But it's like, but I just think like the focus on her was kind of like, it's like, yeah, she's probably shitty, but it's like, maybe we can like use this to launch into like why this is a thing that still happens. Like why this, why this rebranded KKK um, and they've rebranded again. And this fair that they do every year is still going on, by the way, in St. Louis. Jesus. Yeah. It's just called something different. It used to be called like um, the Veiled Prophet like fair or something oh the veiled prophet parade i'm sorry and then it was changed to like just the like the the fair parade or some shit you're totally not racist yeah. not weirdly a culty parade yeah they would make these big they would make crazy floats and they would have this parade that was like celebrating the business accomplishments of yo, the veiled prophet yo, society yo that's like that's like the fucking mummers the fucking it's mummers crazy, right in philly y'all know about the mummers no what's, what's the, the mummers okay okay so going back to the whole union thing right the mummers parades in philly happen every fucking christmas and um it's it's like all the unions they they prepare for the whole year it's all these union dudes and they make these like floats and they do these like coordinated little like dances in these little costumes and it's a parade that the community that the labor community puts on every fucking year for christmas but it's so fucking racist it is the most racist shit I have ever seen um, in my whole life. I was like shocked, right? Cause like for the most part, for the most part, they're like their object of ire or their object of racism is usually Mexican, like Mexicans, meaning like Latina, Latinx people, uh, uh, migrants, right? So all of the floats are like, you know, when Trump was, when Trump was president, a lot of the floats were like build the wall. And then you had like a bunch of little mummers. That's what they call themselves. Like the, the union guys, uh, wearing big sombreros and their little costumes, like trying to climb the wall and falling. And it's like a big ass float. And like, I'll send y'all videos. It is bat shit. Like I've never seen anything like that. And my fucking, um, when I was in my twenties, I dated this guy from Philly and he was, it was like Christmas and we spent Christmas together. And he was like, yo, is it cool if we put on the mummers parade? And I was like, sure, whatever Philly culture. I love, I love Philly. And then we were watching this and he was just like, he was like, I didn't remember it being so racist. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, shut the fuck up for a second. I am just like, I gotta take I'm, in the magnitude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, shut the fuck up for like two seconds. It's like of course a level you, know, you didn't think about it because you're white. Like, yeah. it's like a level of gotta... racism I didn't think was possible. But thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, fucking mummers parades, man. Man, that's just what... crazy. You guys oh. missed that just now, but I just got a refill. Hey, delivery from the boyfriend. <laughs> that was smooth service. Over that. that was smooth <laughs> service. If I didn't say anything, you wouldn't have known either. It's a brand new beer. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, walks yeah. over periodically and shakes it to see how empty it is. <laughs> and it oh no, I just texted him right now. I'm like the expert of texting while I'm recording. 
Because he knows my routine. I'm like, can you bring me a snack or something? Babe, please, babe. Yeah, please, I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> so thirsty. Uh, no, I, I made dinner earlier. It's cool. He can, he can bring me a beer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway. Yeah, so this Ellie Kemper thing, this... Like, it, it's more like, it's more funny than it is disturbing. And I think it's because I've been aware of that story for a while. And, but I can understand how, like, jarring it would be for other people, especially, like, non-white people. Because that's, like, like you know, The Office is so, like, universally loved as a TV show. And, like, that's really, like, that really hurts their fucking brand, right? Like, it's a weird situation. Yeah. I'm still freaked out by the the concept of a veiled profit. That's just, like, this... <laughs> anonymous person behind this ornate garb that just floats around and has only been revealed twice in the whole thing's history. It's yeah. giving me big, uh, what was it? True detective season one vibes. Yes. Heavy. That kind of shit, man. Yeah. It's Carcosa like, shit right there. Yeah. yeah it's it's Carcosa. Carcosa shit. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the whole idea of a debutante ball, a society ball in America in like 2021 is just like the most cringe, horrible shit ever. I mean, it just sounds so like devoid of like a soul. And these rich people rituals are so weird too. Like in, in my opinion, like I'm, I'm kind of glad sometimes to be poor because I don't have to do any of these. I don't have to like put on any airs about anything as a, <laughs> as a broke person, right? You don't have to remember which fork you're supposed to eat what with. It is a weird thing. I think I was, uh, I was in this tire store in, in my hometown. It's kind of like a little kind of mini museum too. And I was like, just waiting for like my tires to be put on my vehicle. And there was like all these like flyers of like these different like balls and like sort of like vaudevillian kind of stuff. And you know, they had like the little graphics with like the Sambo characters and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh, well this is probably from 1960, 1959. And I looked and it was like, 1993. Not that it was okay back then, but like that was no, like, but like you thought happening. that was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah, that shit is that shit is everywhere, you know. And I, and like, I don't come from like an elite corner of the south where there's a lot of rich mm -hmm. people either. So, well, I mean, like that's kind of like what not to like bastardize Foucault right now, but to bastardize Foucault, like you know, his whole thing was that it's not necessarily that we're like progressing in a trajectory, right? Like in terms of like social progress, it's just that different shit tips us off at different times. So like some isolated practice or behavior will become like taboo, right? But then like, some other behavior will supplant that and it'll just keep going and you know we're gonna be rocking it till the wheels fucking fall off like and that's what he wrote no uh but yeah like that's, that's <laughs> really, it's just like it's not really progress doesn't necessarily within the superstructure progress doesn't necessarily take a linear form it's just kind of like some things are some isolated behaviors are okay suddenly and then they're not and then some other ones it's like flipping switches but it's not actually mm. moving you know so what, I'm saying? what would the bastardized foucault have to say about cancel culture then Oh, You're fuck. the bastardized Foucault. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, fuck. I mean, like, what what is cancel culture like? So, 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 obviously, like, there's quote unquote cancel culture uh, that the right wing talks about, which doesn't fucking exist, right? right. But then there's like a, a knee jerk propensity that we can talk about within our within our milieus that are that that folks are 
are are because they're hurt because of whatever are are seeking to weaponize um the language of abuse and and like imbue that with the rhetoric of the left to to attack one another it's like folks are so fucking hungry they're eating each other alive right uh-huh. and that i would say that i would say is not progress i would say that that is 100% a, a syndrome and a feature of capitalist oppression and alienation, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're doing this shit to each other because we don't know how to act because we are being fucking fed to the wolves left and right every fucking day. So that's all we know how to treat other people with is the same kind of answer. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, to bastardize Marx a little bit, Marx would say like, we don't have the ability to see the vision of what a society could look like, um, you know, once we reach, once we reach a post-revolutionary state, right? Like, so, so even as we're trying to create that, we are we are reproducing the fucking violence that is enacted upon us mm. on the daily twenty four fucking seven, right? Yeah, that's that's why you're my go to. <laughs> you got a problem? I tell you, you got a problem? Go to yes, and, and there's yeah. a good chance yes, it can can sort it out for you. Sometimes, <laughs> you I'm so right glad you're smart. <laughs> Sometimes. You make my job easy. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Um, the love fest in here. <laughs> but it was so fucking awesome to have you on, Tom. Well, you, you are yeah. the favorite. So it was really good to have you on the show. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. To, it's good to meet you, Aaron. It's uh, good to meet you yeah. too. Holler anytime. Cool. Yeah, we gotta have you again. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Any? Where can people find you? What should people give you? Like, where can uh, they put their money? I'm at. I'm at. Tom Sexton on Twitter, and yeah, one of four Trillbillies now. So go listen to Trillbillies wherever fine podcasts are <laughs> consumed, like this one. Hey. Yeah, see y'all out there. All right, cool. Thanks for joining us, and remember to subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Hot Girl Agenda. Support your indie hot girls near you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Thanks everyone. Right. Bye. Peace.